Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, fight fans, to the big fight reaction. And what drama in Saitama as Naoa Inoue absolutely destroys Nanito Donaire in two rounds. That is probably one of the highlights, if not the highlight of the weekend for me. Well, of course, there's Joe Cordina's absolutely stunning knockout to become a world champion. And Devin Haney becoming the first undisputed lightweight champion in 32 years. What a hell of a weekend it's been, Johnston. I'm really excited to talk about all these fights. And, you know, we've had a nice little break in the midst of everything as well. Nice little week off for us from recording. We've been away, but both of our families had a great time. And now we're refreshed and we're ready for another another good run-up to the summer with all these big fights. Yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, it was an entertaining weekend of boxing, that's for sure. Some fantastic knockouts that we've got, we get to talk about, which is always great. And obviously, Anoue was absolutely stunning, wasn't he, against Denaire? But uh, Cordena's vicious, vicious knockout was spectacular as well. So, yeah, looking forward to running through all these fights and just uh, discussing maybe some of the fights, how they went down and uh, as long as they lasted. And obviously, what the next moves are for these guys. Well, I think it's better to start with the most freshest fight in our minds, which, of course, is... Donaire getting stopped, dramatically stopped, against Naoa Inoue in two rounds. We've just literally come off the back of watching it and straight to recording. And what a great, great performance it was from Naoa Inoue. I mean, people were saying when he had that first fight, which was, what, 31 months ago, 2019, the back end of the year, one of the fights of the year. We talked about it in our end of year show. It was a stunning fight. And Nonito Donaire, I think, has... Father Time has certainly caught up with him, and I think it's shown in this fight. I think as soon as he he got hurt with that one punch, that right hand, I think that was it for me. As soon as I seen him get hurt by that, I thought this this isn't going to last. And both of us were saying before the fight, you know, messaging each other, saying, "Oh, well, you said it was going to be around the fourth, possibly fifth round. I said maybe the sixth. None of us expected the second. <laughs> no, no, I didn't think it would be that quick. But you are. I mean, Donaire. Clearly, uh, aged guy uh, has done fantastically well to, to maintain his career for as long as he has. And it was inevitable that eventually, you know, it, it was going to end in disappointment for him. Uh, I, I just couldn't see past any any other way of 
other than a new way winning this fight. I did feel it would go a little bit longer, and I felt that eventually the bodywork would be would be the one that pays dividends. But it wasn't. It was actually just the headshots. As just as you say, Donair was very lucky right on the end of that bell when he got caught. That the bell that the first round ended because if that had been any longer, it would have been a first round stoppage without a doubt. But spectacular finish it really was and and obviously to hurt him several times in that second round and you got to give Denair credit you know the fact that he has stood up to those punches a lot of guys in this division would have buckled over without a shadow of a doubt so Denair although he's lost in two rounds look he, he will go down as a first ballot hall of famer without question one of my favorite fighters that I've watched throughout the years but inevitably that's what happens with these great fighters they end on a sad note, um, but he has lost to a guy who is going to be another future Hall of Famer without a doubt. I mean, he already near enough is now at this moment in time, just 22 fights in his career, three weight world champion. The guy's unreal. Uh, I think he will move on to better things. But first, I'd just love to see him clean out this division. I think that would be the next step for Naoya Anue. I think we've, I think it's set in stone, really. I think Donair retires after this. I think it's pretty obvious this was going to be his last ditch attempt. You know, he is a world champion, or was a world champion, you know, being dethroned now by Anue, but he was going into the fight. So the fact that he was still able to become a champion at his ripe old age and then still go into another huge fight like this is credit and testament, like you said. But the focus was going to turn to Anue now. And obviously looking at him cleaning out this division, I think he's, He's probably the next step for him. There's what he's one title away from becoming the undisputed champion in the bantamweight division, and I think that is definitely the next step we want to see him take. I mean, the fight with uh, Casamayor, I think, was the fight that we all wanted to see. That was the fight for me that I would love to see. Casamayor is just a phenomenal fighter. Yes, he's got four losses on his record, but my word, in the last four or five years, he's been he's been unstoppable, you know, he's, he's beaten Rigondo, he's beaten Duke Micahs, Alani Tete, you know, even going back further in his career, you've got to look at the, fact, the fights he's had with, like, Charlie Edwards when he destroyed him in 2016, do you know, this This is the fight now for the bantamweight division, this is the one we want to see, Casamayor Inoue for all the belts, let's get another undisputed champion in the midst, and I mean, we've got another one to talk about in Devon Haney very shortly, but, you know, it's, it's it's getting good boxing in the sense that we're actually getting to see these undisputed title fights take place now. For all the bullshit belts that are out there, the fact that now we've got Josh Taylor, yeah, albeit he shouldn't be champion in our eyes, he he was the undisputed champion in the super lightweight division, and now you've got an undisputed lightweight champion, you've had an undisputed cruiserweight champion, I mean, this is what we want, we want to see this happen in boxing, we want to see one man at the top of the tree, and we want to see all them fighters fighting that one man. And whoever topples him, you know, he becomes the champion and, and so on and so forth. But unfortunately, it's not like that because of all the partial titles and interims and regulars. But for me, for this division, for the bantamweight division, if Anue cleans this up now, you know, he's then putting himself in line for to be a future Hall of Famer. Of course, he is one of the Japan's best fighters. Absolutely. Will he move up after that? That remains to be seen. But I tell you what. He takes that power up with him in weight, and I think he could probably move up in weight once more to the super bantamweight division and maybe make even more history. But first and foremost, we want the fight with Casamayor. We do, and I mean, has Casamayor actually got that title at the minute? I know Paul Butler took took the title, didn't he, in his win. He was an interim champion. What's happening with Casamayor? I know he's having some problems outside of the ring. Um, I'm not oh, quite you, sure whether he's... Yeah, you did. You're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're completely so right, yeah. Is, I mean, that... 
Yeah, that, I mean, Casemiro is the fight. He's definitely the next guy in there. But yeah, I mean, it pulled back the holds an interim title. Will he now be elevated with the yeah, struggle he has. with Casemiro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's it. Yeah, he's already so been Paul, elevated. Paul Butler is the guy that now has to... He's the only one that holds another title, really. A legitimate title in the division. So, a new A Butler, really. And he got a feel for Butler because he's in <laughs> a world of trouble, bless him. I know. I completely forgot. You know, it just escaped me. This did happen a few weeks ago. Uh, so it doesn't. It sounds like we don't know what we're talking about. But I do remember this happening only only a few weeks ago. Butler was obviously fighting for the interim version of the title. Then obviously the fight was called off because of the weight issues. And then he got the step in. Then he won the interim title. Then he got elevated to the main champion. So he is actually WBO champion as a present, which is, to be fair, is 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 a good good thing for Paul Butler but it's uh it's certainly it's certainly not a great thing for him in the sense that now the man that stands in his way is obviously anyway anyway and if you're Paul Butler god I don't think Paul Butler's had enough experience at top level to uh, challenge anyway that's that's my first thought yeah uh, I mean I can't see I mean I surely anyway will target that. I mean we haven't really got had the chance to listen to what he's got what where he's next where he wants to go with his next fight but I'm sure that'll be the the obvious choice um just just become an undisputed champion in the bantamweight division and then I do believe he could move up to Santa uh, super bantamweight and I mean we're going to speak about a certain Stephen Fulton in a minute but that could be a cracking fight couldn't it Absolutely, yeah. We'll definitely be talking about Stephen Fulton throughout the course of this episode. But you no, know, it's been it's a great fight. I've enjoyed coming off straight off the back of it, straight into recording because we don't often get the opportunity to do that. It's normally a couple of days after the fact that we get to sit down and do it. So the fact that this has happened on the same day we record, absolutely amazing to be able to come fresh out of the fight and talk about it. But we're gonna take it back to the weekend now, and obviously I mentioned Devin Haney undisputed lightweight champion beating George Cambosis Jr. very comfortably over 12 rounds which I felt was a punch perfect performance. I think we was a bit concerned about whether him going to Australia would mean that you know he'd get done over on the judges scorecards but that was an emphatic emphatic punch perfect performance and there was absolutely no way they could have denied that from him. No way. I mean, if that had have happened, that would have been absolutely abysmal. Uh, in the early stages, I mean, I thought Cambosis looked a bit threatening uh, with the counter-punching and, you know, the timing of his shots, which is something we, we highlighted in, in the preview show. But he didn't do it enough for me. He didn't do enough at all, Cambosis. And you've got to give Haney credit for the fact that it was a punch-perfect performance from him. He worked well behind the jab. It wasn't the most exciting fights, that's for sure. And I know a few people like Ryan Garcia have come out and, and said their piece on that. And it wasn't. It wasn't a good fight. But that was because it was Haney was just so dominant. And he allowed himself to just cruise. It was like cruise control, really. And Cambosis Jr., I felt was uh, below par. And I still don't feel he's the best fighter in the lightweight division. In actual fact, I'm at a stump to say that even Haney, is he the best in the lightweight division? He obviously holds all the titles. He's an undisputed champion now. But he is, is a, it's a question mark. I mean, is he better than Lamanchenko? Is he better than Lopez? Is he better than Davis? Is he better than Garcia? Garcia seems to be the one mouthing off, but I think he's behind all those. He should be looking at a Cambosis Jr. rather than a Devin Haney for me. But... It's an interesting one, an undisputed champion, but yet I don't feel he has quite put himself... I mean, he's won all the titles, but yet he's not the clear best fighter in the division. It's, it's a strange one, isn't it? It's the way sometimes it works, isn't it? The way fights can be manoeuvred. I mean, really, 
it should have been Haney versus Lopez, but Lopez, for whatever reason, yeah. had his issues outside of the ring, loses to Cambosas. Cambosas steps in seemingly for, for, the, for the casual fan out of nowhere, becomes lightweight champion, then Haney comes in with his WBC belt and, and then becomes undisputed champion. So, you know, in, in some ways, Haney, not intentionally, but in some ways has, has had the opportunity to bypass the likes of the Garcias of the world, the Lomachenkos of the world, not because I think he wants to bypass them, but just because of the way it's all fell for him. I think that's the thing. It's fell that way because of the way, you know, the undisputed champion has, has turned out. And in, in, in the sense that nobody expected Lomachenko to lose to Lopez. It's as simple as that. Nobody expected right. that to happen. That was the first upset. Cambosa then upsets Lopez, which then upsets the, the sort of the equilibrium of, of the lightweight division, so to speak. And then you've got the likes of Davis now, who's up there. Garcia, who really needs a big fight. Now Haney's the undisputed champion. It's an absolutely brilliant division to, to be looking at from the outside. But it's whether now these other fights can get made. Who do you want to see both of these men fight next? Well, for me, I mean, I would love to see the Davis fight. I think Haney-Davis, uh, you know, that would be the fight for me if I was if I was picking a preference, that would be the one. But after that, I would say like Lopez. But Lopez, you know, he's on the back end of a defeat. He lost to, to Cambosas. So maybe he should be looking at trying to um, make make point make a make a point by uh, beating Cambosas and just saying that that was just a fluke and I'm going to show you that I was the better fighter. He's going to have to wait in line, unfortunately. But. I mean, Lamachenko's another guy. I'd like to see that fight. I, I, I'm not really... I don't think Garcia's there yet. Garcia got a lot of talk. Um, I don't think he's nowhere near that yet. I think he can be, maybe in a year or two. But yeah, Davis, Haney, Lopez, Lamachenko, for me, are the four best in the division. Uh, but I would edge Davis just because of his sheer power. And I think he would pose a threat. I, I mean, Davis has come out of a victory which we've done a preview show on we haven't actually uh reviewed it but he he come come away with a great victory a great knockout in his last fight so uh, against uh rolo is it was it rolo was his name <laughs> <I was forgetting laughs> Roly Romero. Do you know what i think i forget i forget romero because he annoys me he's a mouthy little shit mate uh, honestly the way he was talking after that fight he needed to be more of a man and just accept the fact that he got knocked out the way he was going, I, I exposed him and stuff. I was like, this geese is chatting so much crap. That's why his, his name has escaped my memory very quickly because that's exactly the sort of fire he is. He ain't even a contender to these guys. But yeah, Davis Haney for me, Sean. That would be the one I'd love to see. And Cambosis Lopez. Yeah, good good fight. And where does Lomachenko sit in the mix? You know, you know, does he get any of these fights? Lomachenko Garcia, you know, could that be a potential fight? Yeah. I think, I think, I think we need to see Lomachenko back. Obviously, there's been the issues over in the Ukraine that's prevented him from um, from really focusing fully on what he's doing with his boxing career. But obviously, Usyk's being able to do it now with this rematch with Joshua. So I'm pretty sure Lomachenko can get his career back on track because really, Lomachenko hasn't got long left in the sport and has been active for a little while. And I think he needs to be back in the ring. If he's in with a shout to be one of the greatest ever, I think if he was to come along and dethrone Devin Haney or dethrone whoever holds all the titles at that time, I think that would make him one of the greatest fighters of, of all time, especially in that lightweight division. But it's a case of him, he needs to do that. So we'll have to wait and see. But Haney Davis, I agree, is the best fighter for the division at the moment. Davis got that brilliant victory over Romero just a week or so ago. Like we said, we wasn't able to do a reaction show because we was on holiday, enjoying ourselves. But it was a, an interesting fight, Romero, with all that mouthy talk before the fight, mouthy talk after the fight. 
Yeah, I, I'm not surprised his name has escaped you very quickly and you called him Rolo Romero instead of Roller because of the fact that, yeah, he did chat a lot of shit and it's that sort of attitude that will not get you any fans. Pretty sure it won't get him any fans and I'm pretty sure people will forget about him very quickly unless he comes back and unless he gets a big win. But for now, it's Giovanni Davis versus Devin Haney. That is the fight in the lightweight division for us. But great performance from Haney. I really enjoyed it. I think it was pretty punch perfect. Cambosis had great spells throughout the fight. But I think it was obvious Devin Haney had them skills and ability to go through and get... And, I, and you know what? Just off, on a side note, just before I, I end that, the fact that his father got a last-minute visa was a massive help oh, as well, weren't it? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Oh, huge. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I did see that. It was literally, I think they put in an appeal and then um, he said he was training. He got a phone call from his dad saying he's on his way. So, uh, yeah, that was a huge, huge bit of relief for him, I'm sure. I'm sure he was still focused on the job and that, but, um, yeah, I, I, I'm massively happy. I mean, Haney, one thing he did say is that he didn't really struggle to make this weight, which is good, because I do worry. In the last fight, he did mention he was struggling with the weight. So that's another thing. Now you're undisputed. Is he going to want to move up? I hope he doesn't. I hope he sticks around. I hope he can make the weight okay. He seemed okay. He seemed great against Cambosis. So hopefully he does stick around. Because I don't want him to be a guy that... I know he goes down as an undisputed champion. You know, his name's written in history now. But the fact of the matter is, he's still not the best in the lightweight division. I would I would like to see him be the champion rather than just a title holder. Because that's basically what he is at the minute for me. So let's move on to the other fights. Just a round off of the fights on that card. The two Maloney brothers, Andrew and Jason, both picked up victories. But the more interesting fight that I think shocked many people on the undercard was Junior Farr losing in the first round to Lucas Brown. Lucas Brown. Like, the guy's a nice guy. I've spoke to the guy. He's a nice guy. But in terms of his level, his boxing level, his ability, his skill... He's not a legitimate threat. I mean, how many times has he been hurt? How many times has he been knocked down now? You thought he would have retired as a boxer by now. But the fact he's gone in there and beat Junior Farr, who, for for the most part, people down under thought he was going to be a legitimate heavyweight contender going forward. And now Lucas Brown's just absolutely sparked him in the first round. I know. And what a finish as well. I mean, Junior Farr was all over the place. And he did, to his credit, try to get to his feet. But he was on right wobbly legs, wasn't he? He was just all over the shot. And they, to be fair, the referee should have just stopped it there. And then he let him carry on. And then ended up getting put right down. Uh, I mean, look, Lucas Brown is one of those guys where if he hits you, he's going to hurt you. And I think with Junior Farr going the distance with jo- with Joseph Parker, I think that's probably why many felt, actually, he's got something. Because Parker hit him with a few shots and he, he did he hurt him, but he didn't really. I mean, it, there was no point in that fight against Parker where you thought Far had had a weak chin or anything. It's just that Lucas Brown, when he does it, yeah, he can hit you hard. Uh, but we've seen that he can crumble at any time. I only need to look no further than Dave Allen's shot, for instance, in that third round, a beautiful body shot, and obviously Dillian White before that. But look, 43 years of age, um, big daddy, I think... He's just, I mean, the one thing about him, he's just give himself another paycheck, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. And after all the drugs, scam and all that bollocks that went on around him, he might actually get himself, maybe not a world title shot, but at least uh, a shot at some sort of one of those bogus titles or 
uh, um, or even possibly like just a, a, an elimination fight or something. Who knows? But he's just earned himself a few more bub. Well, he's certainly done that, hasn't he? I thought he would have retired by now, personally. But fair play, <laughs> fair play to him. You know, I seen a little clip of an interview this morning actually, where he's talked about you know if he hits anyone with that right hand, he believes he can knock him out. The problem is, he's he's that. For me, he's that past it, that slow, lack of footwork, that he, he struggles to get that right hand off on most occasions. And he mentioned in that same interview, and this is the funniest part of the interview, he doesn't want to hit them because he fears that he might hurt them too badly. Well, <laughs> isn't that the whole point of the sport? You're meant to like hit somebody to the point that they're, you either completely outbox them or if you can hit them and incapacitate them, you know, not, not too badly, of course, but in a, in a way which ends the fight... Then why would you not do that? So what's what's your excuse for the last ten years, Lucas? Do you know, like that made me laugh when I when I watched that. But he's obviously high. He's probably got a bit of confidence now. He's got that victory over the much younger man. So maybe, just maybe, he will get another opportunity somewhere down the line. Maybe he'll be brought over here. Maybe he'll fight one of our heavyweight prospects again and get a good paycheck, like you said. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But it was a bit of a shock of the weekend, I suppose, for for the most part. But. One of the biggest moments of this weekend just gone was Joe Cordina becoming the IBF World Super Featherweight Champion by absolutely demolishing Kenichi Agawa in the second round with, so far, the punch of the year. The knockout of the year probably will end up being the knockout of the year, even though there's another six months to go. My word... We didn't think Joe Cordina had that sort of pop. I mean, I personally didn't. I don't know about you, but... I didn't. I didn't think he had that pop. And my word, he absolutely put Agawa out before that fight really got going to become the IBF champion. What an absolute brilliant performance from him. In just two rounds, he proved to a lot of people that, you know, actually he's got a bit more pop than what we think he has. Was it a lucky shot? No, it wasn't. For me, it was a very well-timed shot and he placed it at the right time. And that is why he absolutely sparked Agawa, which... I wasn't expecting. We wasn't expecting. What a, what a great performance. And Wales has now got another world champion. I think it's like the 13th or 14th world champion that Wales has ever had, which is fantastic for them. You know, being they're a smaller country than us in England, it's like it's even better for them the fact that they've now had another world champion. They have, and they've had a great weekend up in Cardiff, haven't they? In Wales in general, obviously, but mainly. Uh, in Cardiff, where you've had Cordina win a world title, and obviously Wales finally making a World Cup in in the football as well uh, after sort of sixty or fifty odd years, whatever it may be. So, party time for Wales at the minute. But I mean, look, Joe Cordina, uh, Kenichi Ogawa is not a rubbish fire. There, there was nothing. Yes, we mentioned. I mean, you mentioned it, Sean. That his his career, his resume looked a little bit padded. But he was a legitimate world champion. You know, this wasn't Charles Martin against Anthony Joshua. This was a legitimate guy who everybody expected to cause Joe Caldina problems. And do you know what? To be fair, that first round, he actually caught Caldina early with a with a left hook and it, it stunned him a little bit. And I thought he's in for a long night. And I and I predicted that I thought Ogawa might actually put Caldina down. But but the, the timing of that punch, the way he disguised it, the just the power of it, it had everything. It was an absolute stunning, stunning knockout. And Ogawa, it happens in boxing. This is why we love the sport so much. You can have an even competitive fight 
And then all of a sudden, one guy lands a shot, a hammer shot. And it's great to see it in the super featherweight division. And one thing we didn't highlight is Joe Caldine has had huge problems with both of his hands. And he's come through that. And he even mentioned that, you know, he was slightly depressed at that time. So for him to show and demonstrate the power in the super featherweight division, and he did come down, I believe he had a couple of fights at lightweight, didn't he, as well? So, you know, he's come down to featherweight, super featherweight, and and he's proven, well. I mean, if he if he can land on it and it's timed well enough, then what an unbelievable shot that is. I mean, I don't think he'll ever knock anyone out in his career ever again. It was an absolute peach, and I don't think Ogar will ever get knocked out like that ever again. But what a tremendous... I mean, it was just absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning, stunning punch, and knockout of the year for me by far at the minute. Yeah, brilliant knockout. Absolutely fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed seeing him get the win. He's now the IBF Super Featherweight Champion, but... You've got to look at what's around him. He's already had Twitter oh, exchanges. Wow. Twitter exchanges this past couple of days with Shakur Stevenson. He's mentioned that he'd be willing right. to take that fight. And Stevenson said, I'll take this fight. I want that smoke. Now, that would be one hell of a fight. One hell of a fight. Two former, two former Olympians going at it with world titles. That's just like what you sort of look at years before and you, you you know you look at predicting how these amateurs these medalists will go on to perform in the pro game and it's not very often you get two of them come together in in that fashion and these these are two guys now at the peak of their powers that potentially could go at it i would love to see that fight the fact that they've been exchanging messages on twitter already shows that there is smoke from both sides that they want it that they want this fight this this would be fantastic if we could get that fight on that would be a brilliant fight remember stevenson obviously now holds the the wbc and the wbo titles and now you've got cordini with the ibf you know that would make for a good unification fight between the two and i would love to see that i mean that'd be a great fight they talked to eddie earn about it in the aftermath and eddie earn was asked about could he could he bring that sort of a fight to Wales and absolutely you've got the Principality. Principality holds how many? Quite quite a number of thousands of people. Much Thanks. more much more than what you'd get in an arena in America. I know obviously there's football stadiums in there, American football stadiums where which hold just as many as here, but I think you'd you'd probably find that the money would be over here more than it would be over there in America. But let's just see how they can work it. Can they do it? Stevenson obviously with top rank, Joe Cardina, obviously we've heard. How can this come about? Can it come about? It's a great fight. It's it's an exciting fight. I would love to see this fight in the next 12 months. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I don't think it should be Cordina's next fight. I mean, look, he's a champion. You know, if champions, that's what they do. They go and fight the best. And Shakur Stevenson, you know, even after seeing that knockout, you know, he knows he has unbelievable ability, Shakur. I, mean, I, I rave about the guy so much. From the moment he pretty much turned over, he's just... Everything about him, he causes so much problems for Kadena. But, you know, if Kadena could land one of them, you know, it's a game changer. Um, but I, I honestly feel, I feel like Zelfa Barrett, I think after his performance on the same card, um, I feel like he deserves an opportunity. I do. I think if there's a fight there in-house, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Barrett and Cordina. I mean, even Belly was sort of saying it's a dangerous fight for Cordina. Look, if you want to be a champion, it's not a dangerous fight at all. He should be looking at that and thinking, let's get through that. And I mean, if if you want to, if you don't want to keep it in house, then maybe Roger Gutierrez around there as well. But look, for me, I would say they're probably the fights that Cordina should be looking at next. One more, one fight against Barrett because I think he deserves an opportunity. Certainly not Archie Sharp. Please don't let that happen. And then um, and then Shakur after. But I mean, if he wants to, if he's got the bullets to go and fight him now, then fantastic. Uh, fair play to him. But I think if he does fight him now, 
I can't see him winning that fight, to be honest, Sean. Well, let's just see how it all pans out. Cordina Barrett seems like a logical step, an easier fight to make, an in-house fight. Zelfa Barrett, EBU, European Super Featherweight Champion, getting that victory over Kabanov over 12 rounds. Probably Barrett's best performance as a fighter so far. I've always had my reservations about him as a fighter just because I've seen how how padded his record was and I've watched him for years on the local circuits. But the fact that now he's, he's coming of age, he's coming to fruition and he seems to be stepping up to them abilities that many people think he has is an opportunity for him now to go forward and look at fighting Cordina, which would be an easy fight to make. Great performance from him. Great performance from Dalton Smith again as he continues to trudge on in the super lightweight division. I don't think it's going to be long before he's in big fights. And then Sky Nicholson, her four fight, four fights, and I think it was 91 days she mentioned in the aftermath after that victory on Saturday night. Four fights in 91 days. Pretty, pretty active as a fighter. She's done pretty well. I'm pretty sure she can have a, a couple of months off now before she continues on with her career. But having said that, I think activity is key at this stage of a fighter's career. And I think if she could get herself out there again before the end of the year, maybe once or twice, that's the perfect preparation for her going forward. Uh, Kamal Yafai got a TKO in four rounds. He's back. He's looking in the Super Bantamweight division for another big fight. And then you had the likes of Ben Crocker, Kieran Jones, Joe Morgan. They all got victories there on that particular card in Wales, which was great to see boxing in Wales. It was great to see Cordina coming of age, really, and coming to fruition. But we're going to turn our attentions over to another fight, which we've alluded to on a few occasions. That was in the Super Bantamweight division. That was Stephen Fulton and Daniel Roman. What did you think of that one, Johnston? Great performance from Stephen. I knew it would be. Uh, it was interesting when I was sort of watching the build-up and hearing the commentary and every, they, they were both saying how these two are fantastically technically fighters and blah, blah, and how this is a, this is a great match-up. It's a real 50-50, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I, I, what, am I seeing something different here? And then when I watched the fight for 12 rounds and as the commentators started to change their tune, they started to realise that Daniel Roman is very one-dimensional. He's very limited in what he can produce. Look, he's a fan favourite. I like Daniel Roman. I'm not knocking him. But Stephen Fulton Jr. has just this great ability. He's got ability to be able to box and he can scrap if he needs to. He boxed against Roman, switched the angles beautifully. He's a he's a joy to watch, Fulton. He really is. And he's another one of those Philly fighters as well, like Jess, like um uh, Boots Ennis, uh, another Philly fighter. I think I believe they're friends. You know, these Philly fighters have They've got great technique, you know, in, in from where they are, where they're located. It's just genuinely strong when they throw shots. They've got a good chin and they've got great technique. And Stephen Fulton Jr. has just proven that, um, that he's probably the best, one of the best in the division, uh, if not the best. No, it, it, great performance, but I did expect it. It wasn't like I didn't expect anything. I think on the sort of on showtime, obviously, they tried to build the fight a little bit more than it was, to be honest with you, Fulton Jr. was, it, again, punch perfect, a bit like Devin Haney. Yeah, I think it was a great performance from him as well. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed seeing him yet again get another brilliant win. But what does he do next? What does he do next? Who does he fight next? I think he's he's definitely ready for the, the big names of the division. I'd like to see him fight Brandon Figueroa. I think that would be uh, another good fight. The rematch for them two would be a, a really, really good one. I think that would be the most interesting fight. Um, obviously, you've got the likes of Luis Neri around there. You know, we could potentially fight. But is there a, is there a possibility he might actually decide to, to move up in weight? I mean... Looking, yeah. looking around for me, there's not really much that I would say is an, an, an appealing. Maybe 
is is uh, Majon Akhmedalaev? Is, is he a possibility? I mean, he holds the WBA Super World Super Bantamweight title, and he holds the IBF World Super Bantamweight title. Is there a possibility that they will make that fight next with Akhmedalaev being as good as he's been so far in his 10 fights? He's fighting Ronnie Rios on the 25th of June, and he's defending them two titles. So maybe once he comes through that, if he comes through that successfully, maybe they'll look at the Stephen Fulton fight next. That is the only other fight that I think entertains me as a fight fan that I would like to see next. But barring that, I would probably say if he can make a move up, then I think that might possibly be the best way to go. Because, you know, you look at the featherweight division, look at the amount of guys that are in the featherweight division, both on our shores and abroad. You've got Navarrete, Russell Jr., you've got Mauricio Lara, Josh Warrington, Leo Santa Cruz, Ray Vargas, Lee Wood. I mean, Lee Wood could possibly be a good fight in the future for him. Isaac Dogbay still around, Kiko Martinez, Kanzu. I mean, there's some great fights around there in the featherweight division for Stephen Fulton, but I think the Akhmedalaya fight for me would be the next one for him. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Akhmedalaya, I think that's the fight to make. Um, I think he comes through that as well. I think he comes through quite convincingly. And then and then it's a matter of with Inoue. I mean, does Inoue get that Paul Butler fight? Maybe, you know, you could see a Fulton Jr., Akhmedalaev, and then you could have Inoue, Butler, two of them pretty much take cleaning up all the division or doing so. And then they could be on a hidden path as well. You could have a new A, uh, Fulton Jr. at Super Bantamweight. I mean, that's if, as you say, if, if he wants to stick around and if, obviously, a new wants to move up. I think it's logical. Uh, it, it's a it's a big fight. It's a big payday. Where would it be? Would it be in America? Would it be in Japan? Well, we know a new A doesn't mind traveling. He will travel over to America and prove himself once again in a new division. And then, um, But like you say, I think move up to featherweight for Fulton Jr. There's big fights there for him. Are there... Is there much money for him in terms of those fights in the featherweight division as there would be if he was to say, see what Anoue does in the next six months? And if Anoue does decide to move up, I think that would be a tremendous fight for me. Absolutely be a tremendous fight. Well, before we wrap up this episode, then, a couple of bits of housekeeping news, really, more than more than anything to finish this. Just announced, Chisora versus Pulev, July 9th. Really not interested in that fight whatsoever. I'm not too sure why it's being billed as a as a headline fight. It's I just don't get it. Uh, I mean, genuinely, I just don't get why that is being billed as a headline fight. I, I'm still at a gas as to why that is happening. I mean, Chisora and Pulev, what have they got? They've already fought before. Pulev was successful in the first fight. I mean, it's just like a battle of the old timers where really there isn't much at stake. It's 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 a money grab. I think that's all it is. I think Eddie Eddie sees the opportunity for Chisora because people like to watch Chisora. He is a bit of a fan favourite, and he's become more of a fan favourite in the past few years than he's ever been in his career. And the fact that people will still go and pay to see him is probably why he wants to put this fight on. And with Pulev being still a, a legitimate name around, then that's why maybe he wants to put it on. It's not for me personally. I don't see any value in this fight absolutely whatsoever. Uh, the other bit of housekeeping news really within the sport is Joshua, Joshua Usyk being put back till August now instead of July. Yes, yes, I see that. Um, I'm not quite sure. Well, what was the reason? Did they say what the reason was? I, I see it was postponed, but I didn't say why. I actually can't remember, and this is going to make me sound like a really shit podcaster. Uh, I can't remember exactly <laughs> what it was. I genuinely can't. It, it's, I just remember reading it last week and it being put back, and I thought, oh, for fuck's sake. You know, this is the fight I was looking forward to in the summer, and now that's not happening, and we've got to wait until August for it to happen. 
I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what it was, but I'm just a little disappointed that it isn't happening in July. But it's still happening not too far away. It's still it's still the fight we want to see. We still want to see Joshua Anusek come again. I think the bigger news out of the whole thing, yes, okay, he's you know, he's he's not fighting till August now, but the bigger news is that he's left Rob McCracken and gone to Robert Garcia. What did you make yeah, of that? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I mean, it was an ever. I think it was. It's been an ever. It's been on the cards, hasn't it? And since to uh, Ruiz defeat that it, it's been mentioned, and obviously the second defeat for Joshua, he's obviously decided that he wants to go down another route and try and learn something new, um, something new that he could take into the Usyk fight. Um, I don't know. I, I'm just looking at it as well the reason why it was delayed. It was ongoing tensions in in Ukraine. I think that's why it's been delayed. So obviously. That's the reason. So Usyk's uh, obviously requested, and it's it's a fair enough request, isn't it? I mean, you get all the stuff that's going on over there. These guys don't really want to be in the ring. They want to be fighting in the war. They want to be fighting on the front row. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but you know, he, he's been asked to do it, and I just think a dangerous Usyk like that for Anthony Joshua, no matter who he's with, mate. I, I just can't see anything else other than an Usyk win. And even if it is in, it's over in uh, Saudi Arabia. I, I don't think that's going to make any problems with him either I, I don't think there's anything new really from the with the change of trainer um i don't know about you mate um whether what can joshua do different i mean we know we've we've identified he had the overhand right that was quite successful later on in the fight maybe he could try and establish that but Usyk's so good man he's just no he is the best boxer around forget pound for pound forget all that for me i think he is the legitimate guy of boxing at the minute i honestly i've always liked it you i've said it to you numerous times sean i'm a huge Usyk fan you know look i support our guys i support anthony joshua i support tyson fury i support whoever connor ben whatever you throw at me even anthony fowler i will support our guys but the fact of the matter is Boxing comes first. Boxing's the winner. And when you watch Usyk, he's just a star, mate. Absolute star. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see Usyk just do the business. And I actually think he's going to knock him out this time. Well, there you go. A bold prediction already from yourself, Johnstone. Let's see Let's see what happens as the fight draws closer and we get an actual date. We'll do some, some more analysis of that fight and the differences Definitely. with Robert Garcia and how that's going to make an impact. I'm not going to do it for this episode. We'll save it for another one. Uh, but for you guys listening, thank you for listening to the Reaction Show. We hope you've enjoyed all the fights over the weekend. We hope you've enjoyed our take on the fights. And as always, if you have, let us know what your thoughts are on some of the comments of this episode. You can do that at BTR Boxing pod on twitter on facebook on instagram also on our youtube channel if you've not subscribed to us on apple podcast or google or spotify please do it if you are an apple podcast user you're already subscribed but you haven't left a review please take just a moment of your time to go and leave that review on there and if you are a youtube user again leave us a comment let us know what you think about the episodes it really does help us to form what we do in the future with these style of episodes if you're a patron of this podcast thank you a big shout out to you because you are always supporting us and helping us provide our series-based content to a completely different level and everybody enjoys that content and everybody comments on it. So thank you to you patrons for supporting us throughout the course of our journey as boxing podcasters. Well, that's it for this episode. We'll be back with a big fight preview just a little bit later on for this coming weekend's action. Hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.
Social Podcast Network.